In this episode of The Spike with myself and Ellie Joe, we're going to be rounding up season one with our best bits, funniest moments and favorite guests. It's our season finale. So what we thought we'd do is round up some of the best bits from season one, followed by some of the funny stories, who my favorite guests have been so far and much more. The season finale of The Spike podcast. Wow, what a season it's been. You've had so many amazing guests on there. So many amazing guests that in that time frame, I've actually been roasted by Gordon Ramsay again. How about that? Anyway, absolutely love being on the podcast. I think it's an amazing thing that you're doing, helping to identify people's spikes, helping other people use that as motivation. Can't wait for season two already. And just want to say thank you for letting me be a part of it. So the first episode with David Templer. Personally, I really, really liked how he was speaking about TikTok and how he's managed to grow his audience on there. Because we had a brief chat about TikTok and I was like looking and doing a bit of research. How does it actually feel to have more followers than the BBC? I like to think that I'm using my platforms to do fairly good stuff. I won't ever put anything out that I don't 100% believe in. Whereas you look at a news channel and the whole point of them is to broadcast what they think is relevant in the news. When you put that much pressure on somebody having more followers than a news channel, because I've built the majority of that following in lockdown, I haven't really seen the outside world and the impact that has had on my life. Like Marlene and I are in Dubai and somebody recognised me out there. And I think as we come out of lockdown, it's going to become a lot more apparent how big that following actually is. Was there a certain point where it all changed? Also, I've got to ask what your initial reaction was when you saw Gordon Ramsay had duetted your video. I think my favourite thing that he mentioned was obviously the Gordon Ramsay duet. And since then, he's obviously been absolutely grilled again by Gordon. So if you haven't seen it, head over to his TikTok account to check it out. Oh no, not you again. You didn't even get a shirt for Christmas? How much veg you got in there? Give that two teaspoons of sugar. Sugar? With the onions or the carrots? No, stop it. Gordon Ramsay reminds me of my dad. He's just super opinionated and just very aggressive. That's, that's <laughs> also you. Yeah, that's my dad. I am my dad's daughter, yes. No, I love Gordon. <laughs> I'm here for it. Then on the second episode, we had Ted Lawler on. Uh, personally, I think the part that I took away the most from the episode was when he mentioned his spike about emotional intelligence. Like we've said throughout this whole conversation, like the mental health side of things is so important and just being able to connect to someone on a personal level really does help. I've met so many people in the business world that think, you know, you just talk down to someone, you tell them what to do. And if they're feeling down, you say, you need to get up, you need to do this. Much like we said with Gary V, obviously does do a lot of more sort of fluffy stuff that really does help. And it, it, that sort of appeals to people like me, it's sort of a bit more sensitive. But yeah, that emotional intelligence, I think is just key to everything I've been able to do, connecting with people, on a real level, which helps get them into onto my podcast. And if I didn't have that emotional IQ, then I wouldn't have been able to sort of, like I said with Robert Icy, I wouldn't have been able to work with him after the podcast was done. This was the episode where he mentioned manifestation, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's I you, you don't believe in it, do you? I don't not believe in it. I just haven't really You haven't <laughs> manifested, so you don't know. Yeah, we'll go with that. I I don't know enough about it to have have an opinion on it no i remember because i wrote on my manifestation page that i wanted a nose job and you come over and thought that i saw i wanted a new job <laughs> you have had a new job yeah i know i've had a promotion yeah but well done on that i know thank you thank you very much so after ted we welcomed lewis ellis onto the podcast enjoy doing the podcast with harry uh, over at 
HM staff in. It was actually quite an awesome uh, reflective opportunity for myself. I got to look back on what, what I've been doing, where I've come from and also where I'm going. And it was nice to actually just discuss that openly uh, and obviously share that with other people in the hope that it will encourage them to do the same thing and, and chasing, their, uh, chasing their own dreams. So I just want to say thank you very much for, for having us on the show and I wish you guys all the best. Personally, this is one of the episodes that I've listened to multiple times now as I really related to it especially the part where he said you've got to be yourself and don't try to be other people and I think after that episode I personally took a lot away from that not just personally but in a business view as well but the other point that I really liked was when he said about having to make it to help the next generation and actually just sort of doing things because I need to share that message because I need to show that you can come from f**k all and you can have a passion and a dream and you can it's okay to not know all the answers and you will get where you're going as long as you stick at it because if my way of working and if being yourself and the manifesto and things that I wrote along the way, if I've done all that and it doesn't work, well, then the story is very different. Is never be like that guy. You need to be, you need to be a boring stuff. You need to focus on X, Y, Z. You need to do this. And I don't want that to be the story. It can't be the story. I mean, also me and him are supposed to be going paintballing and he said he wanted to shoot me in the face. So yeah, can't wait to be shot in the face by Lewis when we go paintballing. So that'll be an interesting day out. In episode four, we welcomed Adam Power. A massive highlight and key takeaway from this episode was about the self-education. Adam spoke about how he learned everything from a course that he did. Basically, I watched the entire two-hour webinar and I was just like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. But again, in the back of my mind, my paradigm, I was like, this is a scam. I'm like, I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars on this. About two weeks passed and I called out to see some old friends. And one of my mates was actually in his final level of marketing degree in college and his tutors at the time were saying there is a potential to make a career you know by yourself your own business from doing these things that Ty was talking about in the webinar so I was like holy shit and I just couldn't sleep every night I was just thinking about things so anyway I had my last paycheck and about two or three weeks later I just I just got it man got the program and it was a four-month program locked myself into my room for four months I did the four-month program twice in four months and I was just constantly, I was like, I mean, like hours upon hours on YouTube. Like my father was like, what? <laughs> my father thought I was losing my mind for a little bit. But also reading, he said that when he was younger, it just wasn't a thing. And the first time he was ordering his books, that he was hiding them under his bed. And it really shows that if you work hard, put the hours in, reading, learning, that you really can make something special out of your life. I really struggle to read just because my attention span. So I find that if I listen to audiobooks, it kind of sinks in a bit better, if you know what I mean. Like I'll, I'll literally read like a paragraph and then I'm, I don't know, doing something else. So. Can you remember when you tried to do book club here? <laughs> yeah, it failed miserably. It lasted about three weeks. <laughs> Book club is a good thing to get people like on the same boat and like it's good to do stuff like that as a team. But yeah, no one was really up for it apart from me and I was doing a lot of the reading so yeah it just it, it was a massive flop but yeah definitely audiobooks I listen to quite a lot. I think my favourite part of book club was I think it was the second time we did it or the third time when I was just sort of sat on my emails and I didn't realise you'd stop reading and you were just staring at me for a couple of minutes and you were just like are you listening can you repeat it? <laughs> I had stopped reading for, I felt like a teacher if I'm reading as a group I can it goes in but if I'm at home reading I just don't it doesn't go into my brain. One of the best parts of the series, in my opinion, was when Ben was speaking about negative comments because we spoke about it with Temps as well. And like we said then, a lot of the people aren't actually 
either credible as as such, I guess you could say with Ben being credible DJs or being people near his age. It's always like 13 year olds that have absolutely no profile picture and they're just fake accounts. You can be surrounded by positivity and you can be surrounded by this good energy, which I do believe I am. You know, there's a lot of support for what I do and, and I fully love and appreciate all these like these nice, nice comments, shall we say. But I think like anyone, for every a thousand good comments, there's always going to be one or two bad. And sadly, as human nature, we seem to stay to that negativity. We, we, we kind of fear, we we look, we have this kind of like, uh, I guess you call it like the chimp paradox, the chimp in your head, which kind of steers you towards this, well, why is he saying that? But there'll be a thousand comments in the same circle of, this guy's amazing, love what you're doing. And that's kind of, you know, the the downside is that I'm very, very sensitive, good and bad. Like if you said something lovely to me, I'll actually like a lot of people kind of like, oh yeah, thank you. Like whatever. I genuinely like if someone compliments me, I'm like beyond like appreciative. I'll probably be like, thank you. Thank you. Like, oh, I hope you're okay. Like, can I do anything for you? Like just being genuine, like, cause I'm a soft hearted guy. And when, but the, in the reverse of that is when someone goes like, they might even just say something not even I've, I've never been a, I've never been trolled or abused you know I've never had like what a wanker sorry I don't know if you're allowed to swear what what <laughs> yeah I've, <laughs> I've never had like you know I've never had like these negative 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 things but I've had like the odd bit where it's like yeah he's not a very good dancer or this music's not very good or who do you think he is dancing around like that or you know little bits and bobs not a very good dj average bored out my head you know these little comments and i'm like writing essays back to him and nine times out of ten I, I delete it and i'm like what am i doing but the odd time i'll get into this like exchange like last night i got into exchange with a guy because he was like i don't know he just questioned i can't remember what had happened i think it was in like a facebook group for djs and he was like you know you mentioned about the adverts um, some guy was like, who's Ben Rainey and why am I seeing his adverts? And luckily, because obviously I've got a good rapport with people and I have helped a lot of people and I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Everyone that knew me or knew of me was like, yeah, he's like, he's smashing it. He's doing this, this and this, like check him out and like being real supportive. And then you get the odd guy, like never heard of him, but I keep seeing his adverts. Don't know who he thinks he is. He's ruining his career and all this. And I was like, what for like helping people and selling courses and stuff? Like you're not ruining your, your career. Like I understand if I was like, doing something negative or bad or being like shady. But I said, I'm literally like, I sell my, I sell my, my own music on a USB stick, which is fine. I sell courses way cheaper than other people to help people. Obviously everything's got a value. You've got to, you've got to monetize it. You've got to make a bit of money, but I sell it at a value where anyone can afford it. You know, my courses are like four or five hours long for like 20, 30 quid. Other DJ courses are 200, 300 quid. Um, and I was just like writing all this out. And then I thought, what am I doing? And then another guy put, not heard of him, but just listened to his music. It sounds really cheesy, not my cup of tea. Um, and then I started like sending him videos of like massive global DJs, like Idris Elba and Fatboy Slim playing my music. And then I thought, why am I doing this? But you can't help it because we're sensitive people naturally. And, you know, there was hundreds of nice comments, like I say, of people that knew me or knew of me. And it's like I zoned in on these couple of negative comments. Does that make and, that, and that's the one downside to to I think I think anyone does it, but I think move, moving forward, it's about building this barrier. And obviously, as I grow in my career, I'll probably you know eventually have like a manager or like a I guess a social media content creator as such, um, which I'm looking at now already. And I think with that, I'll probably like get them to um, what's the word? Get them to filter things before I can see it you know, run my accounts because the bigger, the bigger you want to go, you've got to get past that anxiety of knowing that 
a small percentage of people are not going to enjoy it. Um, but if I don't see it, it's out, out of sight, out of mind. And, you know, I'll have that understanding with my manager or my content creator that, look, you're taking control. You're going to see some things. Don't react. Just delete and move forward because they're not looking at it from a, a personal point of view. They're looking at it from like a management point of view. Yes, they obviously are connected to me. But it's, if someone said something about you and I saw it, I'd probably laugh it off. Um, whereas when someone says something about you as a person and it's you, it's very difficult to laugh it off because you've so like you, you you're drawn to it. It's so true. And I think we see it a lot more. I think the only negative comments that I've ever had is one of the guests, Elliot Rain, laughing at me for when I shaved my beard off. I mean, that's all that I really get. But I can't really compare too much about that. But Ben's one was a really sort of heartfelt episode and really appreciate him opening up about a lot of the different things, about the highs and lows as well, from DJing with Tom Zanetti to the drives home. Yeah, really emotional episode and really grateful that he opened up with us. You're going to get hate whatever you do, to be honest. So, yeah, I think on social media, you know, we were talking about insights, you know, where they've like changed all the backlog of like Instagram, where you can see who like sends your stories to other people. Or I know we were speaking about it because I went to Oxford and we both put the people that we're seeing on our Instagram on our stories. Instagram. And like, we're not even in the public eye, but I had tagged somebody that I'm seeing in my Instagram story. And out of 800 people that had seen my story, about 740 had clicked on his profile to view his profile. And it's just scary because it's like, you know, I'm not even in the public eye at all, you know, but 740 people out of 800 were so like we're nosy enough to click on his profile to try and see who he is. <laughs> I just thought, Jesus Christ. I stopped looking because it was annoying me a little bit. Yeah, that's bit. what I mean. Social media is, it's a blessing and it's a curse. You know, I've got friends that have used their platform to grow massively. You know, my friends, are one of it, she's an influencer and she's got, you know, over 100K followers, gets really good business opportunity for like modeling other people's clothes and stuff. But then you get some people that are massive and they put stories up of themselves crying daily because they just get millions of hate mails. So it's a blessing and a curse at the same time, to be honest. And I think you, even we spoke about before when you said that, Amy, your friend, she's had negative comments. Oh yeah, she's stuff. had hate. Yeah, she's very thick skinned though. She just literally turns a blind eye to it. But yeah, she's had people comment on her weight, the way she looks. Most of the time, you know, they are fake people sitting behind accounts that don't really have anything better to do and i think people that are like that or that way inclined obviously feeling a way about themselves with ben as well you can tell he's a nice guy he's got a big heart and I, even when he said then like, it, it does get to him but he doesn't reply except i think he, i mean he mentioned there was like one or two times that he replied and he was like sending links to this guy about idris elba playing his music and and stuff like that and it's crazy how things get to that but people are very nosy across mm. socials i stopped looking at the insights after i think it was the first two hours like 90 percent of the people or something that had clicked the story clicked on yeah. the profile you do it to yourself you get the insights account and then you get it and then you look at it and you think oh why do i look at it it's it's the people that expose themselves as well like kate for example like there's people that went and then viewed her story and then it's like, yeah. well, we know you're one of the ones now that have gone and there'll stalked. Be, there'll be an app or a feature soon where you can see everything. You can see who, who's sending your stuff to other people, who's on your profile all the time. I guarantee it, people will be, yeah, people will be exposed. Do you think that's healthy? No, not at all. But that is just Instagram. It is. It's just, they'll, they'll, they'll have that. What, what do you think is worse, Instagram or Twitter? You reckon? Mm. I think Twitter, and we spoke about it with um, Alex Holmes, who came on on episode nine. And I hate Twitter. I don't have a nice word to say about Twitter. I didn't for a long time. 
I had to do my stuff. I had to do my work. I had to get myself grounded and very centered around what I didn't like about Twitter because the platform itself, you cannot hate. It's, oh, it's the people on it. It's the people yeah. and it's what it allows, you know what I mean? So I had to be very clear about it was kind of the, it's, it's the energy that it invites there that I didn't like. It's the, it's the conversations that were being had. It's the things that, I mean, it makes, it makes sharing articles easy when you're a writer. It makes sharing pieces. It makes sharing things easy. Um, you can go viral quite quickly on Twitter, but at the same time, it's a very, very hostile place to be. And for my sensitive soul, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I've tried. I went back on as just a podcast, as a, just, a, just a podcast page. I said, it just, no, didn't work. Just See, it's the that. only one that we, we don't post to as a yeah. podcast. There is some good that comes off it. I, I can't deny that. But I don't think that I've ever gone onto Twitter and been a minute not seen something negative. Mm-hmm. And then it just ruins, ruins your day, ruins, ruins your mood. And- it ruins everything. <laughs> Like, it's just like, you just, you know, it would always be something. It would always be something. During the episode with Tony as well, we spoke about, you know, obviously football clubs needing to do a lot more for young players that have been released, for example. We first spoke back when I was a football intermediary, football agent, as most people know it as. And the amount of 16 to 18 year olds that we'd speak to about what their ambitions are within football for realistically 95% of them to even get a pro contract at the end of a scholar. And a lot of these people have just invested their whole life so far from going into an academy when they were eight to being released at 18 and having absolutely no idea what should be done. And I do think there should be more work done in the academies. Obviously, background, you're head of recruitment at Sheffield United. So I personally think there should be a lot more work done in the academies, giving work with the scholars and well, under 16s and lower to, okay, well, what happens if you don't make it? Because we've all seen the stats, like 0.01%, was it, or something? Yeah. Academy players yeah. make it. I, I think there needs to be a lot more work done with it, really. There was that really sad case, wasn't there, with the Man City youngster when he got released, he committed suicide. I know Man City now are saying they're going to do more stuff with it. But what do you think? Do you think more work is to be done and can be done, or is it just never going to happen? I'm an optimist and my glass is half full all the time. I'm very positive about what's possible. I also know the reality that when I was at Sheffield United, it was the inaugural year of EPPP and I was part of that whole completely pulling a club apart and push it, putting it back together to, to meet all of these new regulatory guidelines, which was was a tough pill to swallow for lots of people because it was a big change and it was different. But in essence, it was a good thing to do. However, I'm also aware that there's lots of lip service paid to ticking the boxes, filling the forms, collecting the funds, and then redistributing the funds into areas that weren't necessarily where the funding should go. You know, people getting double jobs to fill two headcount, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I don't want to mar this conversation with any negativity, but sports, one thing, what about schools? There's a huge opportunity to add things to curriculum and daily lives that help people really understand who they are from a position of strength and what they can do that's not about following a certain model of education that either says you can or can't do something particularly well. It's actually saying, here's a load of stuff that you're doing, maths, English, geography, French, whatever, football, business studies, any, anything that you're doing is one thing, but there's also you. And it's the you bit that I think is where the most work could be done. Who are you? What is it that you're great at? When kids are really young, they can be astronauts, they can be 
footballers, you know, they've got those wild, crazy ideas and then get them into sort of mid-teens when they're going through puberty or post-puberty and they can be confused about who they are and their identity, then we could be helping people to really understand themselves at the time when they're the most vulnerable. And, and you take that into a football academy and at the Premier League where they can afford to do it and maybe tears down from that, that it's really not about can you afford to do it, it's about can you afford not to do it. And it's maybe about reprioritizing where money gets spent or where time gets spent. Does training two hours less in order to give them two hours of something else make a huge difference? Well, if it saves a life or it, it helps multiple people recognize what other opportunities are out there, and I guess that has to be, has to be something. Recently, we saw it again in football with an ex-AC Milan player committing suicide due to just negative comments and just the pressure, basically. And it obviously, we just spoke about it as well, where it's, it is really tough. And obviously, Ben mentions it, Alex mentions it. We speak about it with Tony as well. But, and we spoke about it obviously with your friend Amy, it's the comments, you really don't think that it could have a massive negative effect on someone when obviously it really does. And obviously, I ranted about it a bit at the start with the Ben episode as well about a certain person on Instagram, just spreading hay on, on Tempted's content. We really just don't know what people are going through. So we just need to be a bit, a bit careful, don't we? Yeah, well, you always look super happy on Instagram. That's why I really like Bethan Kerajor. She always does stories of her crying, saying like, you know, she'll have days where she's good and then she's really open to her followers. Like, this is me today. I've woke up to over a hundred or a thousand, you know, messages of, people slamming her body and the way she looks and stuff and she it gets to her and she cries and like but she does the journey like with her followers which I think is really good because a lot of people don't really do that they just kind of say like oh, I'm happy like look at me my life's amazing but you know she she shows it's quite she's got yeah it's quite raw to see someone dealing with that you know what I mean we're now going to hear a selection from the rest of the guests rich people from out because there's completely two different demographics of people you've got on one hand you've got people who want to learn which are generally more of the younger audience have a little bit more time over hand, you've got the older audience they generally have got a little bit more money there's your customer number one you're in business i think that's probably the biggest lesson i had is i spent six months building hauliers and then thinking oh this has got to be really easy to sell the space and took another six months to actually sell it we were going from back to Westfield to check on the kiosk. As we were leaving, you know, I was walking out the White City house and I saw basically Deontay Wilder by the entrance. He was sat down with all of his crew. I'm, I'm a bit of a boxing fan, so I kind of knew him straight away and I went up to him and said, hey, you know, introduce myself. I don't really know how he got onto it, but anyway, I, I then started talking about the fact that I've got an ice cream company over the road. Unless you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, or accountant or whatever way you need university, then go for it. If you're going to be in a job, any job go do an apprenticeship what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours harry no one is going to do the work for you no one is going to put in the hours no one is going to make the calls no one is going to reach out to people you might have people that will reach out to people for you but at the end of the day it is down to you all the, all this stuff all the work and the hours it's you're going to do it no one's going to do it for you Okay, so now we've heard all the clips. Out of everybody that you have had on the podcast, who is your top three? That is possibly one of the hardest questions. I'm going to go with... 
Also want to give a massive shout out to Tom Jauncey. I had a really good chat with him on the Naughty Nerds podcast the other week. We'll put a link to the show in the show notes if you want to check it out. So check the show notes out for this episode and all the other episodes to find out where you can reach our guests, their website, social media, everything. Head to www.thespikepod.com. Already having some fantastic conversations with guests for season two. Can't reveal too much just yet, so you'll have to wait till around September time when it will be released. Did you like your presentation? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So for Ellie Joe's promotion, we did a presentation of like a current job, and it was a photo of her like pouting when she was fourteen, and then it was like new job, and it was like one from your Instagram, and yeah, it's I've like come a long way you know in work and outside of work and looks probably <laughs> at least you still have your man united drawstring bag yeah literally um yeah i was a big man united fan back in back in school can you name a man united player 100 percent, ryan giggs i know he's not there Wait, anymore. <laughs> i know he's not i know i know he's not there current, anymore. current. okay current um rooney <laughs> what he retired like Two years ago, he manages Derby now. Okay. Um, Paul. Paul. Scott. <laughs>